Pastor Chad is going to be teaching from the passage from the verses 57 through 62. So please follow along in your Bible or on in your Bible app along with me this morning, starting in verse 57. As they were going along the road, someone said to him, him being Jesus, I will follow you wherever you go. And Jesus said to him, foxes have holes and birds have the birds of the air have nests, but the son of man has nowhere to lay his head to another. He said, follow me. But he said, Lord, let me first go and bury my father. And Jesus said to him, leave the dead to bury their own dead. But as for you go and proclaim the kingdom of God. Yet another said, I will follow you, Lord, but let me first say farewell to those at my home. And Jesus said to him, no one who puts his hand to the plow and looks back is fit for the kingdom of God. I want to take some time this morning and I want to talk about the concept of disruption a bit. We obviously have all encountered major disruption in the recent weeks due to the coronavirus crisis. We have seen the closings of schools, the closings of businesses. There have been jobs lost, uh, gatherings of a lot of natures, sports, activities nearly eliminated. And a lot of us are worried about the threat of the coronavirus to uh, our own health and to the health of people that we care about and to the vulnerable and to the sick. And so we've had a lot of disruption and uh, our comforts, our conveniences, our routines, our priorities have been disrupted. But here's a question for you I'd like to ask. Is all disruption bad? That might even be a good question to ask the people in your room. Do you think disruption is a bad thing? Also, does God use disruption? Well, if you read the Bible, the conclusion you will come to is yes. God often uses disruption to reveal the true condition of our heart, uh, to reveal our priorities, even to reveal the true depth of our devotion to him. Let me say that again. God uses disruption to reveal the true depth of our devotion to him. Let's take today, for example, Palm Sunday. I mean, do you think Jesus riding a colt into Jerusalem, the capital of Israel at the time, with people yelling and screaming, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord and waving palm branches and saying the king of Israel has shown up. Do you think that would have been a disruption? Absolutely, it was a disruption. And some people were joyful about this. Some people were aggravated by this. Some people were confused. Why? Because it was disruptive. And Jesus used the disruption of Palm Sunday to get people's attention. And Jesus is still using disruption to get people's attention. And some of us, we need to have God get our attention. I mean, some of you, maybe you've been following Christ um, and, uh, and you haven't become familiar with disruption. Well, as followers of Christ, we should not only be familiar with disruptions, but actually expect them, be prepared for them, and maybe, just maybe even welcome them. Because we know that Jesus often used disruption as part of his discipleship training to reveal the true depth of people's devotion to him. 
So let's think about our life, for example, and this whole concept of following Christ and disruption. Uh, for some of you, God has felt distant, or you've been disinterested in Him. And for some of you, uh, you know the Lord, but maybe your love has grown cold, and you've become distant, or your faith has uh, become too comfortable and complacent, maybe even boring. Some of you love Jesus, but honestly, if you're to really be vulnerable and transparent, your relationship with Him has become kind of mechanical, just routine, predictable. See, Jesus can use the disruptions of life to get your attention, to get you unstuck, to remind you that life is more than just our human pursuits. And he can use disruptions to call us back to what true devotion to Christ and experiencing God in a real way really looks like. See, many of us have had these disruptions with the COVID-19 crisis, and an honest, in, in an honest evaluation of it, they could be a blessing in disguise. I mean, think about it. A loss of income can actually disrupt self-reliance, making us more dependent on God. A loss of a busy routine can disrupt the distractions that have stolen away time to grow in our relationship with God or have stolen away time to spend quality time with family and to connect in community and encourage others and to serve others. I mean, disruption of our comfort can shock us awake to be able to help others in great need in the name of Christ. And the passage of scripture that we're in today that Jen just read a moment ago really illustrates how Jesus used disruption and concepts of disruption in the lives of three individuals to truly reveal the level of potential devotion in their heart to following him. And so here's where we're at in the passage. Jesus is making his way to Jerusalem. There he's going to be arrested and beaten and crucified. He's intensifying his call to follow him. And on this journey to Jerusalem, he encounters three potential disciples along the way. And we get to see the outcome of these conversations. So let's look briefly at each one of these encounters in the passage that we saw a minute ago. And what I want you to do is try to see how Jesus is using disruption to reveal the depth of their devotion or potential devotion. So look for the disruptions. Here we are, Luke chapter 9. Verse 57 again, it says, As they were going along the road to Jerusalem, someone said to him, I will follow you wherever you go. So here we have this individual, this man. He volunteers. Hey, Jesus, I'll follow you. This sounds like a great idea. He's, he's impulsively saying this feels like a good thing until Jesus disrupts what he's thinking. He says, foxes have holes and birds of the air have nests, but the Son of Man has nowhere to lay his head. And that's it. We don't hear another thing about this guy. Why? Jesus was disrupting his sense of comfort and security. Jesus spent most of his ministry life moving from house to house. He was really homeless, traveling, staying wherever people would open their doors to him. And Jesus is saying, even animals have creature comforts. Birds have nests, foxes have holes. I don't even know where I'm going to lay my head. And so if you want to be a follower of mine and you want to be devoted to me, you must be willing to sacrifice your comfort. You have to let your security and your comfort and your convenience be disrupted. 
See, this man would not have endured the hardships that came with being fully devoted to Jesus. He would have just tapped out when his comfort and conveniences were disrupted. And so as we think about our life, how willing are we to voluntarily let our sense of comfort be disrupted in in order to grow closer to the Lord and be devoted to Christ? And the answer, like it or not, reveals the depth of our devotion to Jesus. Do we only follow Jesus if it will be comfortable? If it will be manageable? If our comfort and security um, is, is, is not going to be touched? Or are we willing to let our comfort and our conveniences be disrupted? And so we see this first uh, person basically say, yeah, I, don't, I don't think I'm going to do that. And then we see the second person. Look at verse 59. Now, Jesus said to another, right? He said to another, follow me. But he said, Lord, let me first go and bury my father. This man now was invited by Jesus to follow him, but he wanted to delay the opportunity until after his father died and was buried. Now, that's obviously somewhere down the road. His father was alive at the time. Uh, This is a traditional family duty to bury your parents. And so Jesus was disrupting this man's sense of priorities. He was calling this man to a deeper level of love and devotion, even deeper than to his family commitments. Now, if you are a follower of Christ, you understand the secret on this. If you are devoted to Jesus, you're going to become more devoted to your family. You're going to be a better spouse. You're going to be a better parent. You're going to be a better child, a sibling, because a relationship with Jesus unlocks a deeper ability to love and serve your family. And so Jesus is disrupting this man's sense of priorities. And he basically says in verse 60, let the dead bury the dead. But as for you, go, proclaim the kingdom of God. Jesus is not being cruel here. He's elevating the ministry of eternal life over physical death. And he's saying, let the spiritually dead bury the physically dead. You, come with me, go and proclaim a kingdom of God, a kingdom of life, of hope, of forgiveness, which is a far greater calling. And there's a far greater urgency right now for this to happen. And so this disruption reveals just how much this man was willing to to lay down and go now, but he was going to delay it. And I think that's a reminder that uh, our priorities sometimes need to be uh, disrupted. And when Jesus looks at our lives and says, "I, I this calling of mine, this kingdom of mine is urgent. I need you to advance it now. Come with me, share the good news. We're invited into this critical mission that takes great devotion. Are we going to say, yes, I'm in now? How can I, how can I be used by you, God? Or is it going to be like, eh, maybe some way, somehow down the road? And that's what we see here. And then we have person number three. Look at verse 61. Yet another said, I will follow you, Lord. But first, let me say farewell to those at home. And here we have another person, a third person volunteering. Hey, I'll I'll go. I'll go. But first, let me go back. Let me go back and talk to my family a little bit, say goodbye. And Jesus calls him into the moment. He says, no one who puts his hand to the plow looks back and is fit for the kingdom of God. Jesus is disrupting this man's sense of loyalty, faithfulness to the work of God, because he needed to stay focused on looking ahead. He didn't want him looking back and going back. And so uh, this man would not have been fully for Jesus. He would have been half in, half out, a divided heart, lukewarm. And Jesus uses this analogy that when you put your hands to the plow to follow Christ, it's the same as when you put your hands on an old wood plow to, to plow a row. And if you need to do so with a straight 
straight row, you look at a focal point in the distance and you keep your focus on that point and you uh, plow a straight row. But if you look backwards, your, your row gets crooked, your plow might fall over. Jesus is saying there's no going back. There's no going back to the old self, to the old ways. Come follow me. In Hebrews 12, 2, we're told to fix our eyes on Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith. See, keeping your eyes on Jesus keeps you strong, focused, and devoted during both smooth times and rough times. You know, a neat story that a dad shared with me this week was about uh, that big rainstorm that we had earlier in the week. And sure enough, their basement was flooded, (laughs) ankle deep in water. And among the items that were ruined were old photos that were special, old awards from the dad's military service. Uh, A bunch of their daughter's clothing was ruined from her bedroom. And so the next day, as they're sorting through the carnage of that flood, they were sitting around the table just grumbling and complaining about the situation. And then all of a sudden, their five-year-old, their son named Spencer, spontaneously broke into a song that they had sung to him uh, earlier in the week at bedtime and that he had heard again last weekend as they were watching the live stream as a family. And all of a sudden, this boy unprompted starts to sing, turn your eyes upon Jesus. (laughs) They just sat there sort of stunned and they stopped complaining. And the dad said it was, it was a pretty cool moment. See what basically we see is we've got to keep our eyes on Jesus and everything else fades in its intensity and our devotion to Christ rises. And so we've got to keep our hand to the plow, looking straight ahead, taking on the difficulties and the disruptions of life and staying devoted to Jesus and his kingdom work above our own life's pursuits. And so really the summary of these three people, you look at person number one and his invitation to follow Christ. He said, no way. I'm not doing it. The second person said, someday I'll do it. And the third person says, "Ah, I'm going to halfway do it. So no way, someday, or halfway. And Jesus doesn't want us to, to fall into either one of those three areas. In fact, look at the contrast between these three people. We don't even know their names, but we know the names of those who did step up to this level of following Christ and devotion to him. We think about the first disciples, for example, Peter and Andrew, fishermen, uh, James and John, fishermen. And when Jesus showed up and said, follow me, they dropped everything. They left their nets, they left their dad in the boat, and they raised up to a level of devotion to follow Christ. And so we know their names, and God used them to change the world. And so which one are we going to be more like? Those early disciples who, uh, when disruption came, their devotion, high devotion, was revealed. Or these three who, when Jesus brought disruption and the concepts of disruption to the life, um, they were unwilling to, to really be devoted to the Lord. We have gone through an incredible time of disruption with the covid 19 crisis. And many of us are experiencing genuine pain, genuine worry, genuine um, uh, discomfort and, and worry. But what is all this disruption really revealing about ourselves? Is all disruption bad? And what is this disruption revealing to you about your depth of devotion to Him? Now, right now, there's an eerie silence that people are experiencing. There's a spiritual tension, a longing. Some of you sense it. It's a prompt to get right with God, to allow this disruption to wake you up to your need for Christ, or if you're a follower of Christ, to to stand on Christ with certainty in the midst of uncertainty. So as we wrap up our time today, I'd love for you uh, to just do an exercise with me. Can you just find a pencil or pen really fast? 
and a blank piece of paper or a journal. And I want you to just write down a couple things really fast. So find something you can write with, something to write on, maybe pull up an app on your phone that you can take a quick note. And here's the one question I want to start with. What's one of the biggest disruptions you have experienced during the coronavirus crisis? What's one of the biggest disruptions you've experienced during the crisis? Now, let's look at a few questions that I want to walk us through. The first is this. What has this disruption revealed about your devotion to God? Write that down. What has this disruption revealed about you? The second is how do you feel about what you wrote? And try to find a feeling word. Do you feel affirmed? Do you feel confused? Do you feel convicted? What do you feel about what you wrote? And the third question is this. What are you going to do about it? Identify that disruption and what it's revealed about you. And what do you feel about that? And now what are you going to do about it? And so I'd love for uh, you to take some time with the people you're with or maybe uh, some of your virtual life group members or other community members or family members and ask those questions when we're done with the service. Interact about those questions and have a great conversation about that together. And just a reminder that tonight at 6.30, we'd love to see you again at our Facebook Live as we talk with medical professionals on the front lines. And also... Just a reminder about Easter. Good Friday at 7. Easter services, 9.30 and 11. Don't just show up, but invite people to join us uh, there together with you. Uh, We have a whole week to really uh, let the disruption be a blessing in our life as we try to reach out to others to share more about Christ. Uh, As we get ready to wrap up, I just want to spend a couple minutes of prayer with you. And let's talk to God right now instead of just about God in relation to what we just heard and saw and read in this passage. So uh, will you pray with me, please? Well, Father, we thank you for this time. We thank you for uh, this glimpse of history and these, these encounters that Jesus had with these three individuals. And Lord, we look at the responses, uh, the, the one who said no way, <laughs> the one who said someday, and the one who said halfway. And Lord, we confess that there's been times that we've been one, two, or even all three of those people. And Lord, we've not done well when disruption has entered into our life. But Father, may we show up right now. As we walk through the disruptions that we're encountering, may our um, devotion for you increase and may what is revealed uh, in us be a deeper devotion, Lord. Lord, I pray for those right now who don't have a relationship with you that maybe, God, you would use today to draw them to yourself. Give them the courage to, to find out more about Christ and his love for them and his plan for their life. Give them the courage to reach out to us so we can get in touch and respond. Father, we know that we're surrounded by a lot of people right now that are hurting. Lord, I pray for those who are hurting right now. I pray for those who are nervous and who are vulnerable, who are sick. God, would you comfort them and heal them and protect them? Father, we pray for those who are uh, in need of help. Father, would they uh, let us know that they need help? Father, would you find us faithful to step out and bless and serve and, and minister to others right now in such a way that it points to Jesus? Lord, we also uh, dedicate the gifts that we're about to give online as well as the gifts that we've been receiving throughout the week to you so that more people can know about the good news of Jesus. So, Father, we love you and we praise you. Help us to be fully devoted to you, not afraid of disruptions. In Jesus' name, amen.